0: Welcome to the Fit For More podcast. I'm your host, Ben Reed. I'm a follower of Jesus, a pastor, husband, father, and fitness enthusiast. At Flight, we're passionate about two things, faith and fitness. More specifically, we wanna help connect those two areas in your life, helping you live a lifestyle of full health and wellness while strengthening and equipping you to be fit for more through topics on faith, fitness, wellness, nutrition, and more. What's up, Flight? Welcome back to season three, episode three of the podcast. Um, this season, we're really talking about what it looks like to build spiritual muscle. And we started off saying how uh, so many of us have thought about building physical muscle. I mean, that's part of why you're uh, listening to the podcast of a supplement company. And whether you're a runner or a lifter or a CrossFitter or you play soccer or you swim, you've thought about the value of building physical muscle. So this season, we want to take some of that same thinking, some of those same principles that you uh, use to build physical muscle and begin to say, what would it look like to apply those same principles to our spiritual life? So what does it take to be physically healthy? I think some of those same principles that you use in your life should be applied to our spiritual lives. So we started with um, the first thing that we looked at was discovering your purpose physically when you discover that thing that you love and you come alive you find yourself more committed to it Um, you enjoy working out more when you find that thing that you love and the same thing is true for us spiritually when we discover our purpose um, why god put us here on this planet then suddenly we begin to grow spiritually in ways that we never could have anticipated Second principle that we looked at was to realize that we're not in control. Uh, that is true of our physical bodies. Although, you know, we we work out and we um, try as much as we can to control our physical bodies at the end of the day, you can't help it when you get sick. Um, and so when we realize we're not in control spiritually, when we realize that ultimately God is the one that's calling the shots, not us, and we submit to His will and His way, and we choose to be obedient to Him— we grow spiritually. Uh, the third thing this is what we're going to look at today is that um, the third principle, the third key to building spiritual muscle is to guard what you put in, to guard what you put in. And I remember how my thoughts on health really changed after I joined CrossFit. Suddenly, it became a lot more aware of everything I was putting in my body. And processed sugars and, and excess carbs and lots of chemicals became something that I worked actively to avoid because I realized that it wasn't just enough to work out and work hard in the gym. I had to care about my inputs, not just my outputs. Um, and it almost felt like a waste. I could put two, three, four hours a day in the gym. Yet if I didn't guard what I ate, if I didn't think um, critically about my nutrition, it was almost like all that work in the gym was a waste. Well, we want to take that same principle and say, what would it look like to guard what we put in uh, to our spiritual lives so that we can grow spiritually? The Bible has a lot to say about this. Uh, Proverbs four twenty three. This is going to be one of those verses. We're going to talk about it a lot today, but you might need to write this one down and memorize it because it's that important. Um, so um, save it on your phone, write it on a note card and tape it to your bathroom mirror. Somehow, some way, keep this verse in front of you because it's that important. Let me read it to you. It says, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Um, you have probably, th- I mean, you maybe have been told that before. Be careful how you think. Be careful how you think about this issue or be careful how you think about yourself or be careful how you think about this thing. Um, but maybe the second half of that is something you haven't thought about that the way that you think actually the, the way that you think actually shapes um how you live your life. Here's the truth. God is far more interested in changing your mind than in changing your circumstances. See, oftentimes we want God to take away all of our problems and pain and sorrow and suffering and sickness and sadness. But I think God, if we look at this passage and take it at its at its core, God wants to work on you first because spiritual muscles won't grow until you renew your mind, until your thoughts begin to change. So with that as a backdrop, we're gonna look at three reasons why it's so important to manage your mind. I'm gonna give you three reasons um, why it's really that important to be careful how you think. One, because managing your mind directs your feet. Manage your mind because your thoughts direct your feet. Let me read that verse again, Proverbs 4, 23. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your thoughts are powerful and they have a tremendous ability to point your feet towards either what's good or what's bad. See, we choose to believe all kinds of different things all of the time. That Maybe growing up, you were told things like, you're terrible or you don't matter. And those things, they affect you. And what we think is often centered around what we consume. And maybe you're still told that, or maybe you're told you matter because of your job, or or you'll matter once you're married, or your value is based on your health, or your value is based on your looks, um, or your value is based on this thing. And, and maybe it's because somebody's told you that, but maybe it's because of the things that you've consumed Um, the things that you've allowed into your mind, the things that you've read, the things that you've watched, um, the conversations you allow yourself to be in, those things actually try to manage your mind for you. And because of that, whatever's managing your mind is directing your feet. And we begin to believe some of those lies and they direct our feet. And when we base our value on things like our looks, it causes us to behave a certain way, doesn't it? And we believe lies that others have said to us, it causes us to react certain ways. And when we believe that our net worth is equal to our spiritual worth, it causes us to treat our jobs and money and relationships a certain way. Whether you have a massive net worth or you have almost nothing as your net worth, when you begin to equate that with your spiritual value or your spiritual worth, it causes you to look at your job and your money and your relationships in a different way in an unhealthy way. What the verse there says there is that our life is shaped by our thoughts. And maybe on the flip side of that, um, if you believe that your neighbors and the people God's brought into your life are truly lost and that their only hope is Jesus, doesn't that cause your feet to point in a certain direction? I mean, unless, of course, you believe that that your fears are more powerful than God that it's worse to lose your job than to lose your integrity. We start to believe and talk and act and spend our time and our resources and our reputation differently. When we believe that those God has brought into our life are truly lost and that their only hope is found in Jesus, that causes us to view our lives completely differently. Isn't that the kind of um, thought that shapes our life? I think it is. I think it begins to shape everything that we do and everything that we are. The second thing, second reason we should manage our mind is because the mind is a battleground for sin. See, every single temptation involves your mind. Paul says in Romans 7, verses 22 uh, to, or verses 21 to 25, it's kind of a long passage. Let me read it to you. It says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, so then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Maybe you've, maybe you've found yourself kind of like Paul here. You want to do the right thing and you so desperately want to do the right thing, but you find yourself consistently doing the wrong thing. You want to honor God with everything that you are, but you find yourself continuing to slip up um, and continuing to uh, give into what Paul says here is your sinful nature do you ever think about your mind being a battleground for sin maybe you relate to paul's words and you feel yourself being drawn to your sin and you fight and you fight and you fight yet some days you win and some days you lose i have a good friend that um, is a soldier in the army he and i used to run together regularly and we talk about life um as you might expect, his life as a soldier is a little more exciting than mine as a pastor. Um, And we were talking about one of his uh, previous deployments and he made this statement. Catch this. He said, a rocket exploded close by me. And this was just like mid-sentence, mid-thought. He just kind of dropped that in and then he just kept talking about something else. And I stopped him because never, ever has that happened to me. Uh, I said, Tim, don't you have like Bunkers on the base where you can take cover if a rocket blows by you. And he said, "Well, I mean, there's concrete slabs that are set up that you can get under, but most guys don't even bother. He told me a, a story about a time that he had just arrived on on base at camp, and he said, we heard the sound that was going over our head, and my buddy and I looked at each other, and we both said, What was that? And then we heard this massive boom downrange and we ran into the nearest living unit and we we were frantically scurrying around and we were asking everyone there where's the bunker where's the bunker nobody really knew where it was and one guy said he was pointing and he said i think it's somewhere over there kind of pointing off into the middle of nowhere and what he said was the strange thing to us was that nobody was frantic they weren't worried about the rocket that had just exploded i was baffled that a rocket would explode so close. And so I, I kept kind of pressing him for more because the rockets never exploded close by me. I don't know, maybe it has for you, but it hadn't for me. And he said, well, the guys that were shooting the rockets had to be within two miles of our base to even come close to hitting us, which doesn't leave us much time from when the rockets fired to when it hits the base. So by the time the sirens are going off and signaling that a rocket's incoming, you'll have about 10 to 15 seconds before the rocket hits. Most of the time, you'll just take your chances and not sweat it. And he said, he, he said, nobody in our unit died from rocket fire the whole time I was there. Maybe maybe me um, being a civilian, being a pastor, maybe I'll just never get it. See, war was going on all around them, but they lived as if it didn't exist. Um, may the same thing not be said of us. And This is not a slight on the soldiers at all not even a little bit, but this is me taking this introspectively and looking at my own life and saying, I don't want that same thing to be said of us. May we not forget that our enemy, our true spiritual enemy is on the prowl and he's looking to devour us. Second Peter 1.5 tells us this. May we as followers of Jesus not let our guard down because the battle we fight is a spiritual one that's unseen, but it's a real battle nonetheless. The battle for our hearts is a fierce one. And when you let your guard down, you'll find yourself weak and vulnerable to defeat. See, what you feed your mind directs your feet because there's a battle going on, a war that's being fought for your thoughts and to control your mind. And this is how temptation works. It makes that sin, the, um, it, it makes it appeal, uh, seem really, really enticing. And if your mind can become convinced that the consequence of going after that sin is worse than the consequences of, diso- consequences of disobeying Jesus, then you've already lost. See, one of the reasons why we often get fatigued mentally is because there's this battle going on in our brain 24 hours a day, and it's intense because your mind is your greatest asset. And Satan would... Love to take over your greatest asset. Here's the third principle. It's manage your mind because it's the key to peace and happiness. The devil's target is your mind and his weapon is his lies. He tells you things like she would never stay with you or I mean in this season that we find ourselves in, you'll never get your job back or you won't be able to pay rent or you won't have insurance or you'll always be alone. Or if God truly loved you and he was truly in control, maybe maybe you believe this. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have let that happen to you. Or maybe if you get sick, there won't even be a ventilator for you. Manage your mind because it's the key to peace and happiness. How do we fight it? We pray without ceasing. We worship our King. He's the only one, and we already talked about this, But he's the only one that's really in control. An unmanaged mind leads to tension. On the flip side of that, when you manage your mind, you find yourself at peace. An unmanaged mind will lead you to conflict and stress. As opposed to a managed mind that finds itself with peace and happiness and confidence. When you don't try to control your mind and the way you direct your thoughts... You'll have so much stress in your life. But a managed mind leads to strength, leads to spiritual growth. Romans 8, 6 says, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want life and peace. I don't want death. But if we allow our sinful nature to control our mind, that's where we'll find ourselves at death's door. So let me recap them. First thing, manage your mind because your thoughts direct your feet. Secondly, manage your mind because the mind is the battleground for sin. And then thirdly, finally, manage your mind because it's the key to peace and happiness. Guard what you put in. So, To recap the whole series, discover your, if you want to grow spiritually, you got to discover your purpose. You got to realize you're not in control and you've got to guard what you put in. Guard your mind for it is the wellspring of life. And as you do that, you'll find yourself growing spiritually. All right, we've covered three keys to building spiritual muscle. Tune back in next time for episode four where we'll explore the next key. I'm actually really, really excited about this next one. This is one that you don't want to miss. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Fit For More podcast. Make sure to visit us at flightsport.com and connect with us on all social media platforms at flightsport. That's F-L-Y-T-E-S-P-O-R-T. Looking forward to being with you again next episode.